everyone, and welcome to the pod. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Anna. And we're Entrepreneurs. Two gay idiots discussing owning and operating their own businesses in the midst of end stage capitalism. Almost, Kayleen. A podcast. A podcast. Okay. Great. I just tried to do that for the first time without a script in front of me, so... You would have never known if I hadn't have called her out, so I think it's a job well done. Yeah. So Should we be like other podcasters and just record the intro and play it? And, no, and we have enough. We have enough funny little recordings, you know, okay. for our intro right. segments. So I think this, this keeps it spicy. Yeah, it, it uh, keeps us grounded uh-huh. um, in having to remember the uh, the podcast intro. What our brand so. is that we deviate <clears throat> further and further from every week. Yeah. Well, no. I, yeah. Well, yeah, well, we deviate more towards the end stage capitalism than the, than the big gay idiot. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I think I am way too smart. Um, I know way too much to live here in this time. We thought we were so. idiots. No, it turns and out then we Anna are moved to geniuses. Flor- and then Anna moved to Florida. <laughs> Folks, I might be getting a PhD. So. She's doing great. <laughs> Big brain energy over here. <laughs> Pretty much. So, um, if y'all have listened for a little bit, you know that like me and Kayleen are in sync, especially with movies. The past two movies that we've seen and discussed on the podcast we've like seen on the same day yeah. or like close to the same day yeah. and close enough to like able to talk about it so, so last it happened night, again yeah last night in two different cities at the same time mm-hmm. we saw elvis well i texted her two days ago i said you seeing elvis and she said yeah tomorrow and i said me too so yep and yeah we saw it um we both kind of have a complicated relationship with baz lerman baz lerman as theater as theater babies, uh, that like Moulin Rouge and, we and Romeo watched that together. And Romeo and Juliet, those Great had huge impacts on me as a teenager. Just stylistically, mm-hmm. um, they are just aesthetic in all caps. Uh, or just like the songs getting stuck in your head. Yeah, for, like iconic soundtracks, years. incredible years. visuals. Um, but in retrospect, as an adult, not good films. Not good. Yeah. Um, we watched Moulin Rouge together uh, one of the last times that we were in the same city together just to see if it held, held up. Ewan McGregor and Jim Broadbent and I would say even um, John Leguizamo, they held up. They did great. But... Uh, I think Baz Luhrmann was just pumping Nicole Kidman full of cocaine for that film. <laughs> she, I, I know that that woman knows what subtle acting is. Oh yeah, and oh, she, yeah. but she just acted like a, a hyper, Infant. a hyper blow up doll the entire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she was acting like childish to the point where it was just like uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, uh, almost uh, like pedophilic. Like too, too energetic in a way that yeah. Anyway, um, a lot of that movie does not hold up. It is too big and bombastic, except for, I will say, the Tango de Roxanne is still mm. just an mm-hmm. absolutely impeccable mm-hmm. uh, arrangement and piece of choreography. Um, so much slut-shaming. 
Mm-hmm. So much slut shaming. Uh, not a great movie for positive depictions of sex workers. <laughs> Or nope. how people sh- or how their partners should treat them. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot in there that's very ick. Um, yeah, but so Elvis, we have a lot of the same kind of vis- stylistically, like with the text and the kind of like surrealist montages and collages and kind of like mashups bring, of like past yeah, and present. Yeah, bringing yeah past and present present like uh, you know bringing Doja Cat in to redo hound dog and like there was like this like briefest snippet in one of the one of the montages i forget which song where they sampled toxic Mm, and i was just i don't know if i caught that yeah Yeah. alex like the person sorry the person that i was uh that i saw the movie with uh caught that and they were like britney spears like (laughs) okay because hear me out because i uh okay what i was um showing some music videos to the film program that I'm teaching, was Uh teaching, and uh, I showed them Lucky by Britney Spears. And it made me really emotional watching that music video. Yeah, it was like a prophetic piece of media. Because it's just like, holy shit. And it was the same kind of feeling that I got when I watched Elvis, where it's just like, we are really primal. We destroy artists. Yeah, um, in in such a consumerist fashion that we don't, you know, respect, not even respect, it's just, like, take them to the bone to the point where it's just, like, they're dying in front of us, and we don't even give a shit. We're just, like, where's the next album? Um, I I don't know. I thought... I thought it was a really beautiful film. Uh, me and Kayleen have like opposing opinions on method acting. I think it's really cool, uh, and I I think appreciate most modern it. day actors don't understand what method acting really is, um, and it is just an excuse to behave badly to uh, the people you are creating a film with. I do not think it is uh, it is good for a collaborative environment, which is what film and theater is supposed to be. Yeah, I I can understand that, and that kind of goes into the whole tricky art and separation of art and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know what? Uh, as a film person, I would I think I would rather take a misbehaving actor than a misbehaving director because I think a misbehaving director oh, yeah. is just like so fucking scary. Oh, a misbehaving but, direct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both of them can be extremely disruptive to the process. Yeah. Um but a misbehaving director is more likely if you're a crew member to bring yeah. havoc upon your life whereas a mm-hmm. misbehaving actor might just like cause some delays and screw up the schedule. Yeah. Um, uh most of the time, but I will say like I think there are ways in which like you can um, method acting can be done in a way that is like consensual and fine. Like I know that there was that movie that uh, came out last year. I think the Year of the Dog or something. It was like a Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst basically agreed that for both of their like for the for what they had to portray on screen, they were not going to talk to each other at all because Benedict Cumberbatch is like. I need to be, like, at some level of method to stay in character. And if I'm going to stay in character, I'm going to treat her horribly. So I'm just Mm -hmm. not... We're just not going to talk. Like, we're not going to interact on set when we're not acting. Well, the reason I bring this up is because the actor in Elvis, he method acted for two years. 
during this whole and I mean you could just see it you could like he embodied the fuck method act for a biopic in which you are depicting someone's life from like childhood to death you're so many different people over the course of your life like how do you do that it wasn't that much though I feel like we really just it was just like the 10 years you know and then, I mean, I feel like I haven't changed that much in 10 years. I was like, what? There was just like... I feel like I changed Elvis drastically from who I was a year ago. I, I think I'm at the... I think you could... If somebody was going to play me method acting, they could do it. Yeah. And then give me a drug addiction and then you'd figure it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know he didn't talk to anybody off of set for two years. That's fair. I mean, so, that sounds immersive. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, like, I feel like people like Jared Leto and whatever, that's just a, they use method acting as an excuse to uh, behave badly. And it's yeah, just not. Yeah, but Jared Leto is also like a dangerous cult leader. Right. So. Who uses like the method as like an excuse. <laughs> I think it, I think mo- my, my issue, I'm saying that my issue with method acting is the fact that it is abused and largely misunderstood by the, by the m- most popular people who who talk about it the loudest. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I think, uh, in this case, uh, it was a good performance. It was a oh, great yeah. performance, no, honestly. His, his, the, um, yeah, and maybe I'd feel different about Jerry Leto if he was a good actor. <laughs> if, if, like, the work, yeah, no, he's if not, the work justified it. And Jared Leto's also, like, gives very pedophilic vibes. And, like, oh, yeah. I've just heard people who have, like, worked with him, like, just gross stories. So it's just, uh, I just don't think yeah, that was ever Yeah, if he was, like, great. if he was, yeah, I just, I feel like it's just one of those, like, things that is often um, co-opted by bad people. <laughs> and so I'm suspect of it. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. I, uh, I think it's pretty cool, though. Yeah. And I like the commitment. Um, I would give it a watch. Uh, I made me feel very melancholy. Oh, yeah. Um, um, as someone who personally only has, like, a very, like, surface pop culture understanding of, like, Elvis Presley's life and career, like, I obviously know his songs. He's, like, the most prolific solo artist of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, like, you know, very basic things about his story his history like the you know Elvis the pelvis and dying in in, on the toilet and the Vegas associations I didn't really know a lot of like intense details about his life and I feel like I have a better understanding of the like ups and downs of his career than I did Mm -hmm. um and the different like distinct phases of his career um, and um, I feel like I definitely have a better appreciation of who he was at the end of his life. Um, I think that's when he made some of his best songs, honestly. The songs mm-hmm. that I like the most are the ones that came out of, like, the last half of his career. Yeah, and it's just, like, this whole narrative of, like, art is suffering. And, like, the soulfulness that came from, like, yeah, misery, honestly. Yeah. Just, like, watching that, like... Misery. I heard, like, what? He had, like, four years worth of shit backed up? In like, his colon? Yeah. Yeah. Because and then, he was like, on he was just, so like, many opiates? Yeah. Morphine. Yeah. Morphine. Like, like how, oh. much, how much of Elvis's problems would have been solved if he had been given some enemas on the regular? Girl. I know. No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I opened this gate for you. 
You know, I was thinking of it. I was like, wow, sounds like you were just like, needs to shit. I could have saved him. <laughs> Elvis, baby, let me come over. <laughs> let's get some blind, let's get some enema blind items, okay? Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm just going to say this. I've, Kayleen kind of opened the gateway for me into blind items. And I'm finding <laughs> a, a lot of celebrities uh, have blind items of doing coffee enemas. Yeah. So... That makes sense to me. That feels like that shouldn't even be a blind item. I feel like that's just like a goop, like, trend. Yeah. Of course. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a trend if it's been so long. But I I think, I I guess you just have to, you know, uh, flush the drugs out. Maybe that's what that is. And I think it also uh, speaks into, like, uh, an obsession with, like, Dear God, I couldn't possibly be bloated for a day. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like an obsession with image. Yeah, Um, yeah. Um, So I looked a little bit into like Elvis's life because I was like, I've been to Graceland before. And like, honestly, watching the movie gave me a pretty big appreciation. Like, I've always loved Memphis, but man, that is such a fucking cool city. Yeah. Such a, everybody can play the, the guitar there. That's um, broad generalization, but go to Memphis or if you're from Memphis, do you play an instrument? I'm sure you do. Or you say, I don't play, and then you can fucking rip a lick. So, um, <laughs> like, it's a, it's a cool place. But I, so they met, Elvis and Priscilla met when he was 19 and she was 14. Yeah. They talked so about how that, she was a, a teenager. That's some perspective, too, of yeah. like all of this happened and they're just so young. So young. And then realizing that his mother died when he was maybe 20 yeah um and then like going through that and it's just such an interesting cycle because like one of the themes that keeps going by is kind of like literally human sacrifice um like oh like they can't handle it their nervous system can't handle it and they're dying yeah um that's like this is what fame this is what fame does fame and obsession does to people Mm mm-hmm and it's just like the I think, like, the cultural significance, too, of Elvis and rock and roll and, um, like, the civil rights movement even. Like, I didn't realize, like, he was pushing the needle so much. And I was just like, okay, uh, that's, I don't know, it's a big responsibility. And I kind of wonder what would happen if he did live on. Um, yeah. Because we have, like, this dark obsession with our celebrities dying young and pretty. And it's just like, oh, this is, here we are, you know? Like the, the, it's a lot to... Like the 27 Club? Yeah. How many celebrities have died at 27? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's gross. Um, it's a beautiful movie, I would say. Very, what did you say? It's not good, but it slaps? Uh, yeah, uh, it ruled. <laughs> it ruled. Um, yeah. yeah, it is kind of like a weird, campy fever dream of a film. And I would say that uh, my big criticism of it is that it is just like a long, a very long montage and not Mm -hmm. an actual film with a structure. (laughs) But I would say with like the other biopics that have come out with like uh, Elton John and Queen, like this is like by far like way better than any of those. Yeah, I didn't see either of those, but I would say, I would say it actually is better and more enjoyable to watch when it leans more into montage and less into schlocky biopic 
territory. Mm-hmm. It feels like more of an original thing. I will say I was, um, the one part of his career that I was kind of sad they didn't really touch on is, like, I was really expecting there to be some kind of, like, Anne-Margaret, Bye Bye Birdie moment. Yeah, no. I was, when he went to the army, I was surprised that we didn't get I was, that. Yeah, and then when they talked about his film career, we didn't get any, any Conrad Birdie, um, mm-hmm. shit, which... Maybe there's a maybe there are rights reasons for licensing, that licensing, yeah. but that would have been it would have been in a for a for a director that's so tied to like musical theater. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to have a a tie, like that's like a huge musical, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't exist if it weren't for Elvis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, well, that was. Uh... Our movie review. I guess our intros are now media reviews. Yeah, it's so. more like <laughs> pop culture we've consumed in the last week. Yeah. Which is fine. All right, so shall we tarot? Let's tarot. Okay. Tarot time. Okay. All right, we're coming in at the to the end of cancer season here. God, so please let it be over. Let it be. Dear God. I'm so used to, like, thriving and doing well in cancer season, and now I'm just being absolutely brutalized this year, you guys. I don't know if anybody's getting doing my, well. Just I Just getting don't... my feelings hurt left and right. I haven't talked to one person who's been well the past few weeks, honestly. Like, yeah. not even big stuff. Like, just a bunch of personal bullshit. Yeah. Just getting bullied by the stars. So what do we have? Ace of Wands, Hangman, Ace of Pentacles. Bullied by the moon. But hey, soon we'll have Leo season, so that'll be... This is a good sign, perhaps. King of Pentacles. That's chill. This is some... No, this is actually... Sorry, this is the Knight of Pentacles. Interesting. Work. Work. Just work. This is just... Just... You know what? Embrace the boring parts of your life right now. Try not to do anything interesting. <laughs> just do Just do the boring things that get results. Like just the boring ungl- just show up for work on time and see what happens if you do that like five four days in a row. Um Yeah, I don't know. Show up, do your work, keep your head down. Don't don't be interesting for like a week and see what happens. Yeah, that's what I feel about the night also. It's just kinda yeah. like it's also very it's not a very like emotional card either. It's just like no. um, you know. What would happen if you were consistent? Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't be super interesting or glamorous, but you would probably get some good results mm-hmm. in the end. Get yeah. some stability. Mm-hmm. Stability. Stability is pretty boring, but it does uh, build a foundation for which for which you to have for that so that you can have like a safe life. I mean, honestly, so today's podcast main dish is like I feel like this is the number one tarot card to describe this main dish. What we want to talk about? Like, let's just go into it. Let's just get into it. Yeah. So set the table. We are serving the main dish. Um, maintaining stability in an unstable world. A challenging question. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, 
we are having to like redefine what stability means because even golly like 10 years ago or even now i feel like let's say even three yeah i make make this joke that it's just like i have a podcast and i jog and that is like the millennial version of uh white picket fence because it's just like gone are the days of 2.5 children instead a podcast that you that you regularly upload Mm -hmm. that is stability and that's what that looks like so i think it's just kind of like redefining what what it looks like to be stable for you you know we all uh discovered in the spring of 2020 that everything we thought was stable about our lives uh, was actually not, and that the rug could be ripped out from underneath us at any time, even if we made all the right choices and yeah. did all the safe things. Um, I have kind of like a funny story. So I was working at this camp, and it was kind of like it was something. It was like I was definitely like downgrading like my quality of life. Like I had a migraine. I never had have. I've never had a fucking migraine in my life. And yeah, that's an energetic, uh, some energetic bullshit right there. I know. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, it felt like I was going to puke. That's how I knew it was like a migraine. And I don't ever feel like I'm going to puke either. So, I mean, I, a lot of people in my life were like, dude, what are you doing? Just quit. Like, you have freelance, but it's just like something in me that I was just like, no, I'm going to stick with it. Like, I... It's only in, it's only one more month. Yeah. It's... I'm just like, you know, like, I, I committed to it. I said that I would do it, so I'm going to do it. They called me yesterday. I was um, on in a session with, like, I, I don't know. I was doing, I work with somebody, like, to do, like, kind of psychic kundalini blah, blah, blah kind of stuff. So we were, like, in a session, and, like, we, like, did uh, channeling, and I was, like, channeling... And the thing that kept coming up was, like, stability. And it was just, like, building stability because I've been so nervous about, like, my house getting, my building getting sold. I'm like, where the fuck am I going to go? But I was like, you know what? I finally feel stable. I don't know why, but, like, I feel stable. And, like, maybe part of it was, like, the routine and, like, the strict schedule of, like, this camp. And so I get off of the call and I check my voicemail and they're like, our attendance is down. We're taking you off the schedule for the week. And I was just like, um, well, that's a plot twist, huh? Because I just was having this conversation about, like, how I'm feeling stable. Mm-hmm. And part of it was because of that, even though, like, because sometimes there can be stability and suffering. I mean, some of the best, some of the best, most, like, I would say consistently stable times of my life came from when I wasn't compensated well, but my schedule was consistent. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like sometimes just having str- and sometimes having an external force put mm-hmm. structure on your life mm-hmm. actually like gives you the freedom to explore like what you want to do in your off time, and it lets you make a routine. Mm-hmm. And routines can be like so nice when uh, as a thing to cling to when the rest of the world is shitty. Yeah, um... and they can be really hard to maintain. When you, and I think this is how it's relevant to entrepreneurship, when you are the only person who's in control of your routine and, mm-hmm. st- and like, if there are no, like, major external forces um, tying you to a schedule, that, like, freedom of time can actually be pretty deceptively 
distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like your screen time can just go way up. Yeah, because, um, you know, you're the one who makes your deadlines. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Coming back to, like, recession talk... I don't know what the fuck is going on i feel like some people are like we're in a recession some people are like we aren't in a recession it, and it's coming and then the stock market goes up a little bit and it's like maybe your recession isn't going to come and i'm just like what gas is prices what i feel like i feel like gas prices went down by like 50 cents a gallon overnight yeah they're back to below four dollars here you really mm-hmm. so i'm just kind of like okay what what is happening but then anecdotally i know like three or four people who have like lost their job, either got like laid off, and myself included, or got fired within like the past week. So I I don't know, I don't fucking know what's going right. on, um, but something's something's happening. Who knows what it is? But I will say that we've also had three major uh, in the in one day. Boris Johnson yeah. stepped down. Yeah. Um, as prime minister, the Sri Lankan president stepped down because his people literally overthrew him. They mm-hmm. like, and then uh, that uh, former prime minister in Japan was assassinated. That yeah. all happened in like a weekend. Yeah. So, shit is hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what happened because I think like forty percent of the fucking British government like resigned. Or like I, no, I don't know what branch re- they they resign like a huge chunk of his party resigned mm-hmm. in order to force him to resign. Oh, so that he would not have like they all did it so that he would be backed into a corner because he would have no like local government. Hmm. Interesting. Um. And then yeah, Sri Lanka. Like, I don't think they have food. Like, yeah, they're in they're in a, just a horrific economic downturn, mm-hmm. and the people took to the streets and they uh, marched on the presidential palace and invaded it. And he fled the country and resigned. Mm-hmm. And they had a party in his pool. Oh, good it for looked, them! It looked fun. I hope they fucking ate well. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was like a huge palace. It was a um, huge palace. Yeah, there's but yeah, there's some great footage of people just hanging out in his pool. And then in Japan, the person who assassinated this ex-prime minister made the gun. Yeah. Japan, in Japan, you really can't buy guns. Mm-hmm. So... Japan is not a, a country with a lot of gun violence either. Yeah. I... You know, I think Brexit is shitty. Um, but I think that Britain will fare better than the U.S., Cause sometimes do you ever want do you ever think about that Kayleen of like the British Revolution like American independence I mean I just saw Hamilton on Friday night so oh, yeah yes. you did I don't think we needed I think we would have been better under British rule TBH I wouldn't I don't know I wouldn't mind it that you know what they have the NHS is pretty fucking good yeah maybe I don't know I feel like I mean we could I mean who knows but I feel like the British Empire was going to crumble one way or the other who knows even if we had if we had lost a revolutionary war if like it would have the british war would have extended till today hear hear me out okay the british we we never like secede uh, you know never yeah. gained independence facebook never happens how about that <laughs> how about that 
<laughs> How about that? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. This is, yeah, this is this is this is Anna's alternate timeline. <laughs> this is the everything, everywhere, all at once that she wants. I think we all want it at I'm least gonna, a little bit. I'm gonna go back in time. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend. She she studied history, and she she asked me that question one time. She was like, "Do you think we're really better as a you know American gaining independence?" And I'm just like, "Honestly, I don't know, bestie. We're this kind of." We are the terrorists, you know? <laughs> right. We are the threat to the world. Like, I, I read somewhere, I have not fact-checked this, but Thomas Jefferson wrote the Constitution with the intention of it being, like, rewritten every 20 years or so. Oof. Yeah. yeah. So how was Hamilton, Kayleen? It was great. I saw the touring production that came through um, New Orleans. How and long is it in New Orleans? Uh, it was here for like two or three weeks. Cool. Uh, this is the last weekend. Um, it was really good. I loved the guy who played Hamilton was great, um, and so was the the man who played George Washington. Uh, like such a great actor. Like he was like so like comforting to watch. He had such a great voice and like a very like grounded, calming energy. Tell, tell, um, tell the Lin Manuel Miranda joke. I said I. I told Anna that it was a really wonderful experience seeing Hamilton when the person playing Hamilton could actually sing. He had a really good voice. He was very charismatic. If you get skin um, in the game, you... In the eye of a hurricane. Eliza! Eliza! He did sound like he did. It did sound like he was doing a Lin Manuel Miranda impression every time he said Eliza. Eliza. But that that just made me laugh. Um, it's an Easter egg. Uh, the yes. real ones know. <laughs> true, true fans know. Um, the yeah, but the ladies playing the Skylar sisters were all fantastic. They were so strong. The only like weak, I mean, then the guy, the the guys who played like the three boys were good. The oh man, the guy who played Thomas Jefferson was so hot, uh, and I thought he was a good dancer, but and very charismatic, but maybe not the strongest singer. Um, Aaron Burr wasn't that good, and that's just like that's it. He's your narrator mm-hmm. and your antagonist, but also kind of your protagonist. And like, if you don't have an emotional buy-in with him from the jump, it's really hard to follow the through line of that show mm-hmm. because so much of it is defined by like their opposition to each other and their parallel journeys that they're on. And it's, I mean, the more, the more I watched it, I realized what a hard role it is when in where like Leslie Odom Jr. in the original cast is like makes it look really effortless, mm-hmm. but you basically have to like be such a good create such a an, a good character that everyone in the world of the play thinks you're a total stick in the mud, but the audience finds you very charismatic and engaging. Mm. Because you're the narrator, like, mm. they have to buy into you. And they have to understand you emotionally, even though, like, I don't know. It was just hard. Like, Wait For It is one of my favorite songs in that show, and it makes me cry every time. And I just, like, did not have the same emotional experience watching it, which was a bummer. Is it Aaron Burr, the one who does, you'll be back? 
No, that's King George. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, I think that's my favorite Oh, yeah, one. The, their King George was great. Yeah, King George is, I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, Aaron Burr is uh, Dear Theodosia. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, that's the like another thing in sh- Elvis. The I'm the narrator, damn fool that shot him. The narration yeah. was, so, that was, it was brutal. Narration was real fucking, brutal in that one. Fucking Tom Hanks. What a weird role. It was a weird role, and it was barely intelligible at times. It was a cartoon. Yeah. He played a cartoon character. I was just like, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, and there's really no reason to... Santa Claus. Yeah. (laughs) He just spent, he spent a, like, he spent, like, at least a solid 10, 15 minutes of the movie just... (laughs) Obsessed with Santa Claus. Yeah, literally. Where's my white? That's my white Christmas. <laughs> You're not, not even wearing, wearing the, the sweater. <laughs> not even wearing the sweater. Um. So okay, yeah, that's a. Uh, okay, I also want to like kind of build on building stability. So, a when you move somewhere or just in general, you have to make people like give a shit about you. There's no reason for them to give a shit about you like you have to make an effort to yeah. have friends period i really yeah, i, I think, get annoyed when people are like it's so hard to make friends i'm like bitch do you try i have never yeah. like have you tried have you tried to make yeah, friends but when, when people say that it's so hard to make friends it means that they don't leave their house yeah. i'm just like well which fine i don't like to leave my house either but i mean and on like i think the key thing for me is that like what I what I feel like is that we cannot um, derive we cannot rely on jobs for stability mm-hmm. anymore or honestly that is, even that, housing that is not how we could or even or housing, or even housing. A, yeah so I think true stability has to be is an inside job mm-hmm. like it's something you have to cultivate within yourself mm-hmm. of like just absolutely knowing that like no matter what happens to you you'll be fine mm-hmm. is like. And I don't like it's hard to give concrete examples of how to cultivate that. But I will say that, like, you've survived every day up until now. I feel like you have a good example with like you didn't have fucking power for 10 days. And then you built so many like relationships, I feel like, during that time. And you knew who you could rely on and like uh, hate to be repetitive. But community mm -hmm. is it. That stability is like is community and knowing knowing your neighbors and having people that you can reach out to and not being afraid to ask other people around you for help and um and also paying attention to when people around you need help Mm -hmm. i met my neighbor maybe like a week ago i've seen him around but i haven't like been out you know to like introduce myself i introduced myself to him and we just started talking and yeah he lives literally across the alley and I told him that, like, my building sold and I don't know what's up. And he's just like, well, I have, like, extra rooms here. So, like, if you wanted to rent a room. And that's just, like, I had a friend. Now you know. Yeah. I had a friend who was like, oh, like, why don't you just find, like, a house on your block and just move in there? And I was like, that's not how it works. But, like, no, it is. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, um, Why can't it be? Talk to people. Because, yeah, he was just like, I just do friends of friends and people I meet. Like, I don't post online. There's a lot of things like that where they don't post online. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the the best housing here is the stuff where, like, I don't know, one of my neighbors just, like, she doesn't know how Zillow or Craigslist works. Mm-hmm. So 
half of, like, this one side of her house is empty for a lot, for a decent amount of time until somebody figures it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Or she rents it out to, like, a family member or a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just, like, so much to be done, even just, like, talking to people and reaching out for help because, like, we're supposed to need help. We're not supposed to need to handle this all on our own and like right i don't know i think just like the physical presence of people can really have a profound impact um yeah i think um and like speak going back to the idea like daily routines are really hard um but i would encourage you to like don't give up on them Mm -hmm. uh finding even just like two or three things that you do consistently every day And it doesn't have to be, like, anything huge. It could be, like, the way you make your coffee in the morning. Those are grounding. How is your menu setup going? Pretty good. You know, it feels, like, a little bit more low-key. I feel like I'm not entirely thrilled with the rest of the way my bullet journal is uh, set up. I feel like maybe it's not super conducive to, like... I feel like there's a lot of wasted space in the way that I set it up because there are times where I'm just, like, too busy to use it and now I've dated all the pages. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to maybe have to find a way to repurpose it so it's not just, like, a mostly wasted journal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the menus, I think, are good. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Mine... I think I think it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to, like, thoughtfully make a list of things that make you feel better. Because often, like, when we're feeling really low, it's hard to think of those things. But if you just have, like, a reference where you can be like, okay, I can call this friend. Or I can take a long shower. Mm-hmm. Or I can, you know, things of a, that require a variety of energy and effort levels. Um, but that can maybe, like, soothe you. A little bit in in the moment when your brain maybe not may not have the resources to think of those things on its own is very helpful yeah this weekend was pretty this past weekend was pretty rough for me um i may or may not have had covid i tested negative a ton but i was exposed and i had a fever and was like sleeping a lot of people yeah i feel like that's the story for a lot of yeah. people right now and yeah not feeling great and so tuesday came around and I was, like, you know, fever-free for, like, a couple days. And my friend was, like, you want to go on a run? I was, like, oh, my God, it's, like, fucking 90 degrees. I'd Like, absolutely not. But then I, like, took a step back. And I was, like, Anna, you bitch about how you want to have more, like, healthy people. And, like, people who have, like, their shit together yeah. in your life. But then you have a friend reaching out who's going to come to you to jog with you. And you're, like, complaining. I was, like, oh, my God, Anna, stop. And you know what? Right. We went on a jog. And I felt fucking fantastic afterwards. We even got heckled. We got heckled. It was great because I don't know if I've made this joke on the podcast, but basically I, since I started running, I've become better than everybody. And um, I was, I was jogging with my friend who was like kind of like obscenely attractive and he wasn't Mm -hmm. wearing a shirt and I'm sure we just looked, yeah, like we were better than people. And this girl was on her porch smoking a cigarette and she was like, you guys go. You're better than us, aren't you? And I like gave her the rock on sign. I was like, yeah, actually, like anybody yeah. running is better than anybody walk. I don't make the rules. 
I don't make the rules. <laughs> like that's just if you're running, you are. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna buy into it until you show me a Disney medal. Oh my God! Yeah, Princess Diana. Yeah, I need. I'm to get, stuck I need in to get Florida the, until I do this. Um, uh, the Disney Princess Half Marathon. Yeah. That's the only. That's really the only thing that's gonna. That's gonna uh, earn my respect. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I have way too much self-respect at this point. Um, inflated. I know ego. you don't need mine. <laughs> She's stuck uh, yeah, with me again, anyway. Yeah, I mean, but again, like, that's it. Like, the uh, stability is an inside job. Like, you just got to know that you're going to be fine mm-hmm. no matter what. And I, that's not really necessarily something that anyone on the outside can teach you. You just kind of have to believe it about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the same, uh, the same, uh, water that hot water that boils an egg uh softens a potato Mm. it's really just it doesn't matter the circumstances don't matter it's it's the substance in it that is such an irish metaphor i feel like (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) i'm like sitting here like really like diving deep and it's like hardens and so ooh, oh (laughs) am i the egg or the potato We've been, I'm sure we've all been both. Yeah. <laughs> in our lives. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's time for some Kanye confidence. Um, you know. Also, yeah. Halfway through, the person that I went to the movie with was like, Kanye really is the Elvis of our time. Mm. You know what I kept thinking? Wow. What? We should elect Elvis's manager to be a fucking Democrat. He'd probably get some shit done. He would. <laughs> He'd have some shady backroom deals. I was just like, what the fuck are our politicians doing? He can bully this man into not leaving a Vegas residency for five fucking years, but we can't even get Joe longer, Manchin longer than, to vote longer than a, for the longer than a presidential buster. term. Longer than a presidential term. Lit- he had Elvis in Vegas. I, and he didn't even have a fucking ID. He didn't even have an ID. No. He was a citizen of no country. <laughs> Like, these are the villains I want to run my government. I'm sorry. Like, I don't... I want somebody who actually, you know, can convictedly move forward. I I was just thinking that the whole time I said that to the person I was watching with. I was just like, wow, getting getting more done than the Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother. Um... Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe some Kanye confidence. Make some food with your fucking friends. Make some friends. In- yeah. Here. I feel like a good portion of our friendship was foundationalized on cooking together. Yeah, I feel like weed smokers have, like, a uh, an in because they can always be like, you want to come over and smoke, and it's, like, low-key and, like... That's a collaborative activity. And it's yeah. chill. Um, okay, um, let's, if, let's, if, let's spitfire some ways to make some friends. Um, if you have a car... And there's people you know who don't have a car. Offer to run errands with them. Um, yes. Come over for dinner. Uh, let's uh-huh. go on a walk. Okay, how would uh-huh. you meet people? How would you meet people? I can... Uh, okay, so the friends that I've met here. Friends of friends. Um, that's a big one. And that's tricky because you need to know one person. Um, I talk to strangers in public. Um... And I, this is like the line that I use. I'm like, you seem really cool. I would like to get to know you more. Can I have your number? It can literally be so simple like that. I mean, a lot of my, 
friend group came from like a shitty retail job left that job behind still have many of those friends and then it just gets bigger and bigger because your pool of like friends of friends yeah the more people you know the more people you know Um, um i like to meet people like at the park I've never met anybody at a coffee shop, but I know somebody who uh, has. Go to game nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like there's a game night in town here that I lo- that I really like to go to, and it's mostly for the social interaction and not so much about the games anymore. Um, yeah, to look and see if, if you know if you're a person. That coffee shops are great. Um, bars are great. You know, there's a they you make jokes about the girls that you meet and at a in a bar bathroom mm-hmm. at midnight but like what would happen if you actually like fall, asked for her instagram handle and dm'd her the next day yeah um you know yeah like your flakiness and your so- social anxiety is uh only gonna make your flakiness and social anxiety worse um shyness uh shyness is a selfish trait yeah kayleen i really like her I hate sh- I hate shy yeah. people. I think it is childish and selfish. Yeah. Get over mm-hmm. yourself. You're making everyone else yeah, uncomfortable. You don't matter that much. Stop thinking about yourself so much. Um, I would right. say I know some friends who meet people and, on like yeah. meetup.com. I have never tried that. Yeah. I feel like that. I think that's still that's still up and and relevant. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, I I also had friends who would use that and would go do like supper clubs or book clubs mm-hmm. book or clubs, I you think. know, what you have can you. go to your local bookstore sometimes. And like uh, most are going to like I've never done this. Um I have I have, but it's been a while like going to like uh like city council meeting or like a neighborhood meeting. Yeah. Like I know in my neighborhood there's like neighborhood cleanups um at the lake. Yeah, I will say and I will say also have uh, like Go to these things. Have a realistic expectation. Like, things like book clubs and D&D campaigns and meetups and blah, blah, blah. Is there a likelihood that they're going to last longer than, like, two or three consistent times? No. But get the contact information for the people who, Mm -hmm. like, intrigue Mm -hmm. you or you connect with that first time you go. And maintain relationships with that. So I go to, like, community events, like, weekly community events. So um, I started line uh-huh. dancing. And am I the youngest by 30 years? Yes. But are they always there? And is it at the VFW? Yeah. And it's just a bunch of old gays. And is it really, like, special? And it kind of feels empowering to, like, learn a dance and dance with people. Yeah, go to, like, like my uh, water aerobics exactly. class that I've talked about before. Uh-huh. Go to, like, go see what's going on at, like, a, at, like, your local rec center. Mm-hmm. Take a class. Take a class. They're usually free. Mm-hmm. Like. And then there's a spiritual circle center, like, a spiritual circle that I go to uh, every Friday morning. Um, that's usually, like, 10 people. I've met, like, yeah, I'll talk to people, get their numbers. Also, like, being regulars at coffee shops, that's a really fun one. Um, just getting to know like the baristas and just feeling like embedded in your community. Um, it doesn't have to be that deep. It doesn't have to be that deep. Um, but there's like, there's a lot to be said in social capital and feeling like a sense of belonging to help your mental health and to like create stability when like, you don't know where the fuck you're going to live. Like, and you also don't know your neighbors either. Like how are, what are you going to do? Like, um, we're at a point where like, we have to advocate ourselves and a lot of t- for ourselves, and that means like knowing other people around. Um, right. 
Also sports, if you're into sports, that can be like a good one. I've been thinking about going to meet up to find somebody to go to Disney World with me because I just want to go with somebody who's like into it. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I want to go to Disney World so bad. <laughs> you want to go mid-August? <laughs> yeah, and I've done it yeah. before. And I'll do it again. Bop, bop. <laughs> bop, bop. Um... That's like a, that's a, since I've been living in Florida, that's a question that I ask um, almost everybody I meet. I say, do you like Disney? Because the question, or like, do you like Disney World specifically? Because the, like the people who are into it will surprise you. And the people who aren't into it will also surprise you. Um, Right. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Those are some ideas. uh, That is like things that have worked for me. Also like stuff like, I used to hang out at, uh, like, anarchist bookshops and do, like, Food Not Bombs and, like, uh, letters to prisoners and stuff like that. Um, so people who are really kind of doing more community organizing, too. Like, those, uh, that stuff's good, but uh, I got to say, and, and their work is important, but I feel like a lot, a lot of those people are a lot more serious than uh, I think I'm a bit more lighthearted. There's not not a lot of whimsy. Not a lot of whimsy. Um, it's important work, but I think at some point it can get a little unsufferable sometimes. It can drain. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, speaking of insufferable, shall we go into Bro Book Review? Yeah. Okay. Bro Book Reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. gonna go off the not off the deep end but um i'm gonna do this because i want to read this guy's new book because it's just so bad so this is mark manson and uh the first book that he wrote was the subtle art of not giving a fuck and this oh i remember when remember when there was just like a string like a year or two where all the hottest personal development books had a bad word in the title. Yeah, it, that, that was this guy. I think he kind of, like, yeah. started that. Um, so he wrote a book, Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. And, um, yeah, he's just not a good writer, but maybe, maybe, like... But he is provocative. <laughs> and maybe that is hopeful, because everything is... Because this book is trash, but it got published, and he's about to have three... His third book is a dating book. And I know in the first book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, it, he gave off very rapey vibes. And I don't say that lightly. Uh. He was just talking about how he backpacked and was couch surfing and going on dates with all these women. And then in The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he wrote, uh, he used an example of people lying and he used a woman getting sexually assaulted as. Jesus. Yeah, and I was just like, uh, maybe don't use that example. Like, I, I was just, so anyway, this Ding Dong wrote a dating book, and um, Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. He, uh, the, the beginning of the book, he talks about how um, the Holocaust happened, and uh, we don't have problems compared to them, more or less. And it's just, like, very... Uh. Um, because what one bad thing happened in history, it can never, ha- nothing like it, no one can ever have a bad feeling again. Yeah, it's just very, like, it's not very nuanced. And so let's see the publish, because I think this was, pu- yeah, mm, it's, uh, that's very May 14th, 2019 of you, Mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
nice, nice try. A- aged well, perhaps. A book about hope. Everything is fucked. Uh, yeah, it's just so funny to see the things like published before and after because, like, not even a year later. All right, my guy. All right, my guy. Um, I think we could all say we objectively have more problems as a collective than we did in May fourteenth, twenty nineteen. So, yeah, um, yeah terrible book. Uh, I'm I kind of am excited to hate read the uh, the dating book, um, and yep, we shall see how it goes. I think the next, maybe like the next few bro book reviews i kind of want to get more into like a dopamine detox kind of thing um Uh i'm thinking about going back into academia uh well i am gonna go learn a language have you um i was just thinking the other day have you ever read uh getting things done i feel like that one's get cited by entrepreneur bros a lot and i have never not had a male boss that has recommended that book to me getting things done i've never even heard of that one it is like the uh, it is, it is like the ultimate systems. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm about to like switch, you know, because I think having this like routine job, it made me realize like I kind of fuck with the routine. I've been uh, doing my own routine for a while working from home, but I'm excited to get some structure and like going and learning a language, which is something that is uh, you can't do part time. You can't learn a language part time. You're either learning it or you're not. Um fully immersed yeah you're, you're deep in it um going to going back to school for arguably something that i think i think learning a language is one of the best skills that you can have like being bilingual is such a gift um it opens up literally every other language you know it opens up a completely type a complete other world and a different like way of thinking of things and like i don't know um Here's a question. Has there ever been a serial killer that knew a ton of languages? I don't know. I don't know. I I can't tell you that. I don't know if anybody's asked that question before. What I'm saying is, like, I think that... I think it's kind of like you focus less on yourself the more languages you learn. Because you're just, like... You have to think of, like, all these other... You become an infant. Serial killers aren't selfish. They just had untreated brain damage from when they were children. Yeah. What do they say? I feel like I'm on therapist TikTok and they're just like, stop blaming the mental illness and excusing their bad behavior. Anyway, I don't know how I kind of went somewhere weird with that. Um, Anyway, so um, here's... I'm not kidding, though. Like, every single... Like, the common thread in every single serial killer's origin story is untreated head trauma. Like a concussion? As a child. Like, some... Yeah, some kind of, like, violent concussion or, like, accident that happened that... Like, literally almost every single one huh. of them. It's it's brain trauma. Well, on that note, it's Sunday, which means it's time for my weekly enema. Um. Brain trauma and also the theory is um, lead in the water. Like, that's why there's been such a drop-off in serial killers in the last, like, two decades is because we don't drink water from lead pipes anymore. Do we not? Then why is there so much lead in the water? It's a lot less than there was. How, how about that? Que sera, sera. Yeah. Whatever will be, will be. Uh, everything's <laughs> fucked. Everybody, a book about hope. Uh... <laughs> Please, if you hit your head, go to the hospital. Yeah, well, as somebody who played rugby for a very long time, hello. 
If your small child hits their head, take them to the hospital so they don't grow up and murder a bunch of women. The end. All right. What are your plugs? What are your What are your plugs, Kayleen? Uh, go see Elvis. Um, follow me or not on that Swamp Witch on Instagram. I don't know. I'm debating about deleting my Instagram for a little while. Oh. Who knows? Okay. I like that for you. Burn it down. Yeah, sure. Find me at thefake.guru, Instagram and TikTok, entrepreneurs.com, and our Instagram is entrepreneurs.podcast. And have a gay day. Indeed. <laughs>